Big cheese. Hello, listeners. Welcome to the Cellar Dwellers podcast, a podcast that's dedicated to the best of the worst of Australian rules football. My name is Sam. I'm a Carlton Tragic lurking up in Canberra, kind of feeling pretty good about the weekend. Uh, just just keep that on the down low for the moment. And I'm joined, as always, by my Geelong fanatic brother, Chris. Chris, say hi. Hi. I am uh, pretty pumped after and uh, pretty hoarse. After what was a very exciting day at the MCG, we had a big, big win over Hawthorne and um, I'm ready to get into it with uh, probably the hottest take in the league. Sam, what, what do you think when I say this sentence? It is disappointing Gillan McLaughlin didn't take a strong stand on the issue over the Easter weekend. Oh, fucking drugs. Jesus Christ. Get in the bin. Such a... Oh, what a fucking stupid story. <laughs> I hate that story so much. Such a dumb story. <laughs> like, uh, I, was extre- I was extremely glad to see Nathan Buckley and Chris Scott go Mark Robinson. Yeah, over his they went ham. Where, they went ham. Like, this story is so dumb. It's off-season testing of yeah. people based on hair samples uh, that's done yeah. across the entire league to let the league know whether or not its programs are working. And we have a sure high figure of players at a particular club coming back without context. We don't know if that's a lot in for some clubs <sighs> or, or not. But furthermore, that's not the purpose for which the data was collected and your employer shouldn't no. be collecting that data in the first place. So No, yeah. absolutely. So Brian Cook had a really dumb take where he was like, I want to know names. And you're like, you're not allowed. <laughs> it's not... Mate, hey, hey, guess Mate, what? No, Everyone, just because yeah. you're a football club. Yeah. Geelong doesn't mean that you get to own what people do. No, it doesn't mean you get to know whether or not someone is getting just blazing up a storm in the off season or is snorting coke or is using ice, things like that. Like, if that is a concern for you that you think your players are doing that, then knowing that they are doing it is not really going to help you act. You think that you're worried that you have a problem and you need to act, then act and implement sensible things that are going to encourage young men to make great decisions uh, and have those programs in place. Don't turn around and just say, oh, well, I need to know if I have a problem before I act. That's exactly the wrong attitude to dealing with uh, uh, potential issues of substance abuse, which is surely where the problem is, mm. unless they're going to suggest that seeing goblins on the field makes someone a better football player. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a stupid story it is. Okay, Worst all right. So it's really dumb, doubly, because everybody's saying 11 is re- really high, right? Yeah. 2007 National Drugs Strategy Household Survey uh, from the Australian Bureau of Statistics found that 23% of people aged 15 to 24 years reported using illicit drugs. That is uh, reporting using illicit yeah. drugs to a survey. So you've got to think it's a little bit higher than that. I'd suggest that um, 25% of your list using illicit <laughs> drugs is in line with what the population uh, and the, the, the data was yeah, and yeah, and it, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I, I don't have time to, to interrogate those stats fully. And, you know, high-performance athletes probably shouldn't be. Um, the risk profile for, for athletes using illicit drugs, uh, given the, the condition their hearts are in and the strain that their hearts are put under, places them at particular risk to them. 
that sh- that should be the concern. Um, otherwise, yeah, it's a problem. health concern. It's not a yeah. It's not a community standards concern. This oh. idea that somehow, you know, you see on on any number of comment boards, people yeah. just towing into these uh, players and saying that they should be the moral uh, pinnacle of, of what a young man should be. I, uh, I react really badly to that kind of talk and it ignores the entire history of AFL players to suggest oh, yeah. that this is somehow a group of people that is a, um, a, a yardstick by which the rest of us should be measured. I would support if it was a leaderboard. Like if it was who could do the most. <laughs> then I would support it. <laughs> like, if it was the Ben Cousins medal, Can you, then, yeah. I, then I'm completely on you know, board. How deep in a K-hole were you when you won yeah. the grand final? Like, Let's find idea, out. My, the only West Coast teams that I like are, in retrospect, the uh, <laughs> Daniel Ketamine teams. Because yes. they clearly... Like, if you are on horse tranquilizers uh, or are shooting bath salts, and are not merely tempted to just gurn your own face off, but actually go out there and feel like tackling someone rather than just hugging them and telling them that the universe is connected, then go right ahead. But otherwise, what a ridiculous... Like, Mark Robinson's a clown. That guy is just a... Like, yeah, it's perfectly... A total clown. I mean, it's the epitome of a Herald Sun article, isn't it, really? Let's... Like, Collingwood sells papers, so let's put them in there. Well, I've had someone in Collingwood leak the figures to me, so I'll put it out there. Uh, I don't drugs owe... sell papers. Yeah, let's do that. And no, I don't owe the players anything. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know my own professional integrity. Anything. I don't know the idea to whether or not is this a story and what's it a story about. Like, what is the story? The story about is designed to condemn and shame uh, AFL players uh, yes. for taking for taking illegal substances and for in effect for breaking the law. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. that's the story. Uh, well, actually, it's not. It's not illegal to take the substance. It's not illegal to no, take no. the substance. But to, to it buy, might be but, stupid. But, but, yeah, but to but buy, whatever. you could pull a Matthew Stokes. <laughs> but we're not. No, well, we're not all that stupid. Um, the the but the other thing is to say what it what it does is in fact by not naming the players it creates a maximal guilt by association and yes, that's the entire does. intention of that story. And it's story, and it's a story where they know that they couldn't name who the particular players were because the data is anonymized quite sensibly in the line with mm. research, uh, mm. with research standards for conducting long, longitudinal studies of this kind. Yeah, and yeah. quite, quite rightly, the players' association is now saying, "Well, why are we participating in what ought to have been a completely confidential process? Why can't the why isn't the investigation from the AFL coming out and saying?" this data should never have been leaked and we will track down the person that did it and they will feel the force of it. Instead, no, it's yeah. like the pressure then turns to name and shame and that's always the wrong attitude in this debate. Always the wrong it attitude. Is, it is. I, I feel like uh, we may be the only yeah. people on the planet who think that a three-strikes drug policy was sensible and correct. But let's talk about last year when there's uh, mm. when you have a superstar of the game uh, or multiple multiple players, but in particular, Buddy Franklin suffers from a mental illness which could not have been assisted in any way by the excess and outsized attention paid to his personnel. Now that's going yeah. to happen. He's a celebrity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But then, when you think what it must be like for those players being unable to the people who they know in their everyday lives, who are then either tarred by the by a brush that they don't deserve. Uh, innuendo and suggestion now reigns in their life in a way which they mm. are completely powerless to respond to. Mm. Um, 
and and the suggestion and condemnation that they receive completely outsize uh, of the conduct that they may or may not have engaged in. The responsibility in the publication of that article was just what a what a ridiculous thing for people to get on board with and for people to talk about. And the fact that there, as best I could tell over the weekend, there wasn't anyone standing up and saying, this is stupid, you should be ashamed. Other That's, than the coaches. Other than the coaches. The coaches. Yeah. 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 The people who actually care probably about the probably the only time that I've actually probably ever agreed with Eddie McGuire. The only other thing that I've heard suggested around the, around the water cooler was that there's some comparison between the use of these illicit substances and concern over the Essendon doping program. And the... the Inanity and stupidity of that comment is mm. um, unbelievable and uh, mm. it should be addressed for just a moment to say that uh, the Essendon doping scandal was to do with a team systematically cr- conducting yes. a program designed to enhance its players' performance, uh, regardless of your view of what the, like whether or not Flamis and Beta 4 mm. did anything or whether that was what was administered. Uh, this is recreational time from players taking recreational mm. drugs. It does nothing to ensure players conduct themselves in a manner which is uh, good for their safety when, when they are under constant surveillance and that every time yes. their, their conduct can be under constant scrutiny. There's no person in the, in the journalistic commentary who would appreciate the same uh, scrutiny that's being applied to them. Um, no. Extraordinary. No. Extraordinary. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, I mean, the, the counter-argument may be, you know, Josh Thomas and Lachlan Keefe, who, who um, were two Collingwood players, banned last February um, because they had um, a banned substance which it emerged had uh, had come from taking illicit drugs but that is a that's a that's a actually I think a, a counterexample to say well these are these are probably reasons that these players shouldn't be doing it and we should be mm. taking approaches which um, have the, the welfare well, of the players in mind and which enable them to um, to report and to get help if it's required, um, and if it's not required, to uh, you know carry on with their life as well as they can as a normal person. Uh, yeah, um, and I think that the the type of test which is done, the hair test res- uh, right. uh, result, is a long term <laughs> test. So uh, I don't know the data, but it could be months since <laughs> these players have engaged in in any kind of illicit drug take, and there's a. Oh, there's a there's a strong element of temperance union moralism that runs through a lot of this commentary that I just it turns my stomach. So uh, the sooner this can be put to bed, the better. Um, and good on uh, Nathan Buckley, Chris Scott, and, and Eddie McGuire for um, taking it up to them. Which does bring us, um, as it must, to look at who is in the cellar this week. And we've got uh, a couple of surprising entries. Uh, some clubs who were pegged for top four finishes. By some, uh, not by me, but certainly some out there in uh, footy takes land. Um, and the first one we, we probably need to talk about is uh, is Collingwood. Tell you what, that was, I actually think, Brisbane uh, got demolished by West Coast in a manner which was pretty predictable because they can't defend. But Collingwood, in my view, was beaten far more significantly by Sydney. If Sydney had been able to kick straight, that was... Oh, uh, yeah, that was, uh, wasn't that a demolition job? Uh, a really, uh, but like it was just uh, an absolute domination. Now, let's seeing as we've just talked about a lot of negatives for Collingwood, let's talk about the positive, and that's as predicted. Adam Trelaw is incredible. Oh, give me more Trelaw. That's what I say. You know, someone has to get the ball. Uh, that's always true. So bad teams, good stats is is a possibility, but I don't think that's true for him. He's got 
line bursting ability. Uh, he's going to be a joy for Pies fans to watch no matter how the season goes. Yeah. Uh, but there's there's some real cause for concern there. They are in a manner typical of a team who could perform poorly over the season. Now, we, we try to avoid national jump to conclusions week here on the Cellar Dwellers podcast, but let's let's go in there for a moment and say if the, if the yeah. Pies stay bad, it's going to be because they are they just can't move the ball forward. They they well, and they've, they've, they've got a significant impediment to that now in that Dane Swan's season is over. You lose a Brownlow medalist from your team, and uh, things start to look uh, pretty a uh, fair bit harder. Um, and uh, their tall timber really took about nine marks, I think, for the entire match. So yeah. the stat I've got here is that Travis Cloak didn't get a disposal in the first half. Um, which is not what you want from your from your spearhead. Yeah, and look, um, it's it's not life's not necessarily going to get easier for them because they face mm. Richmond next week, who were tested by Carlton. Now, I don't that's that says a lot about perhaps Carlton than it does Richmond. But the thing that Richmond do really phenomenally well and did to Carlton throughout the match anyway um, is their defence is uh, you know top four in the league and and will probably yeah. finish there again. And if they struggle getting the ball inside 50 once more, um, it could be another another long week for, for Nathan Buckley. Yeah, so more questions asked of the, the what is happening with the transition from the, um, the previous era and how, how those uh, stars of the, the 2010s for Collingwood um, can continue to contribute to this team. Um, you do have to suggest that, uh, look, they were a young team last year and they did you know, managed to find some uh, good players in Crisp and Dugowie. Um When you're only kicking seven goals for a match, it's not, uh, not yeah. great, particularly at a ground like the SCG where you can kick a goal from the centre square if you want to. <laughs> Look, um, I'll, I'll say the other thing. It's not an easy, not an easy opener to go to Sydney and Sydney. Uh, but the, the no. thing I'll say is there's a really key difference from what we saw in the preseason, where John Pirrick of the uh, the Age wrote that their their preseason was building to be something that could put them in premiership contention. So that's also in contention for worst take of the year so far. Just keep keep that article on tablessness. But the real difference is Alex Fasolo has not peed in a cup since the preseason. <laughs> that's uh, to me. They've uh, they've spooked themselves. Real, there, haven't they? real, really big change in fortunes, uh, as suggested. Mm. Let's get the towers back overlapped. Let's start suspiciously fiddling with cups, mm. and uh, let's get amongst it, uh, Collingwood fans. So, look, and on the other hand, it felt really good to watch them get smashed. But that's, let's let's oh, not, and let's... particularly smashed by Buddy Franklin on return. Yeah, uh, I uh, felt my heart go a little bit of flutter when I saw that uh, that traditional arcing run mm-hmm. into goal and just sunk it straight through the middle yeah. from outside fifty. That is. Um, site that's been sorely missed. Yeah, it was good footy from the Swans. Let's yeah. move on to the other team who's uh, a bit of a surprise in the bottom four. That is a really big surprise, and particularly the surprise... Look, I, I did not pick them to win, but I certainly did not pick them to get thumped to the to the tune that they did get thumped. That is the Fremantle Longshoremen. The Longshoremen copped a pummeling this week to put them on the bottom of the ladder at the hands of the uh, now everybody's darling Western Bulldogs. The longshoremen and their coach, Sir Ross of Lyons, this week's winner of the, the decisive indecision. And it's really because there weren't any truly egregious coaching uh, mistakes that really stood out to me over the course of the weekend. But No, I, I didn't really pick up any. The, the, the season's young. Uh, but mm. let's say that it really what it suggests is maybe the finally the answer to the frenetic press has been obtained. And it's the adoption that really we saw across a number of games of which the the Bulldogs are the, are the perhaps best 
example. And that's uh, moving the ball on the switch quickly and moving it horizontally, uh, mm-hmm. not going backwards when you're moving around the pressed zone. Uh, you know, the, the, the notorious Clarko's clutch, which turned into the lion trap, the lion cage, um, which has dominated football from really the, the late 2000s through to even last year, that zoning press, uh, which was implemented by so many teams. What teams are doing now, and you'll see them when they get the ball on halfback, when they get the ball around the 50-metre arc on the narrow side of the field where most of the players are in that zone, pushes in and is designed to close off your options and force a contested kick up the line. Instead, teams are taking what's not quite a contested kick, but it, which is usually a one-out with a spare pushing up against the marking contest from the defending te- from the from the team in possession. A kick to the to the fifty-meter arc or to the back of the square, rather than that kick to the fullback. And what that does is that then switches the ball out onto the fat open side of the ground, the wing, where you can have that spare player running off half back immediately, and that that press denies the time that the zone requires to rotate back across to the other side of the ground. Mm. So watch that for next week, particularly if you see the longshoremen play, because if you see that happening to the beginning and they can't, and they can't cover the ground and they can't get um, the zone switched back across, they're just getting ripped up. That, that back line stood no chance whatsoever. Well, I think they've got some issues. They, they do come up against uh, Gold Coast next week at home. Now, that is a game that they should win. It's suddenly looking a lot less winnable, um, particularly if Gary Ablett's in, in good form, because the Gold Coast have got some outside running carry that could trouble them on a ground like Subiaco. You would expect uh, them, as I said, to, to win, but their forward line appears to be non-functional, um, and their midfield got really toweled by the dogs to the tune of uh, something like 40 contested possessions in advantage. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's not, that's not a stat that Ross Lyon would be um, at all happy to lose. But I think that really we're, we're putting Ross up uh, the decisive indecision here because they have horribly struggled to make changes to their game plan and that they've yeah. known is not, has not worked for two years. Um, they oh, said, they, you know, they made, that, yeah, that, I guess they've so. made some... Some changes, but they, they have previously made statements that they knew they needed to kick a, a bigger score, and um, they kicked five goals eight mm. against the Dogs, and it's just not uh, not competitive, unless you're playing against 1899 St Kilda. One point, never forget. the the <laughs> Just rounding out the bottom four to keep our listeners informed in case they miss them, uh, two very predictable clubs, the Brisbane Lions and Essendon. Uh, I suspect we'll have the luxury of talking about them in future rounds. So we'll yes. focus on, the, on their immense and measurable flaws in the nearer future, Chris. But let's, mm. let's not leave off the dogs now because you want to talk about a, a great slight of a podcast favourite. Oh, I do. I do. Because if I was Jake Big Cheese Stringer, I'd be pretty cheesed off that my fantastic uh, mark, almost mark, uh, ground ball gather and goal in a three-on-one situation was not nominated for goal of the year. That is a slight from the AFL that should be rectified as soon as possible. Um, Gillen McLaughlin should uh, come out and make a strong stand about it this week <laughs> because, Jesus, that, that was some goal. And That's, that's um, what he should be spending his time on. Yeah, I was, I'm not a Western Bulldogs fan um, yeah, by any sense of the word, but I was up out of my seat at home seeing that. Yeah. That was incredible football. And to see no reward come from it other than the six points, jeez. Uh, yes, so we've where, got... Where, where do individual honours go from here? Uh, you've got 
uh, top of the table dogs and and their big star forward who in in interestingly enough are uh, now pundit former former player Donaldon Brown and frequent advertiser mm-hmm. Donaldon Brown uh, <laughs> has tipped Cheese Stringer as being capable of kicking a hundred goals in a season so. Uh, it'll be interesting to look. Pick, I'd but, say um, that Jonathan's maths need some work. Um, Stringer was probably the most dominant I've seen him play, and he kicked uh, I think three goals, three. Um, so, in, in Cheese's you know, favour, he puts them up. Like he he has. Oh a no, goal. no, sorry. He kicked five goals. He, he kicked, kicked five yeah. goals. One. Yeah. So, so yeah. So he's he just on pace. He could do it. He has to kick five goals. And look, I think if you were going to nominate somebody to kick 100 goals, um, it would have to be West Coast Eagles goal man Josh Kennedy, um, who kicked eight, gave away four, um, and shanked a couple as well. He also likes He's... to just get shots up. Shooters, shooters shoot. Chris, shooters shoot. <laughs> yeah. So let's move then to really focusing on our, our particular corner which is our ongoing feature throughout the year where we just want to look at what are clubs doing to really get the fans' passions up? What are they doing? Yeah, to get a few extra bucks in. Yeah, and that's, of course, the deep and detailed analysis of the club shop, mm. home, of, home of many a knick-knack. Now, you're thinking to yourselves, oh, what do, you, what do you get at the club shop? You get jerseys, scarves, beanies. Mm. That's basically what you want. Yeah, I bought a very, t- I bought a, a tasteful traditional cat's beanie yesterday. Yeah, and then bought a dramatically less tasteful but very much more enjoyable cat ear beanie. Um, <laughs> and I got, I was getting a lot of compliments from the the, the shall we say the more elderly ladies of the, <laughs> the the cats member stand yesterday. But it was great. It's great. So uh, good time. Yeah. Now, uh, of course. That that sort of high quality cat ear beanie is uh, not, not the topic of not, this. Just no. not the topic of this. No, really. What Chris and I are doing is each week we're going to look and trawl and try and find the worst thing for sale uh, mm. in the online mm. club store, and we're going to go through alphabetically because why not? And we might change it mm. because who cares? This week we're starting with that pretty shitty bird, the Adelaide Crows. Yes. The first things first is that. The Adelaide Crows Club Shop online is known as Cromania, which never name your club shop like it sounds like an evil count rules over it. No, no, uh, never, don't do ne- that. Never name, fact, nev- never name your club shop. Just the Crows Shop would be fine. A strong exception to that rule is Tigerland, just because. To, yeah, but they're allowed the to. It's in the yeah. song. The 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 thing about Cromania is like never name your club shop as if it sounds like you've suffered from a disease that was the feature of the birds. <laughs> movie the birds like never just there's so many things wrong with chromania and if you are going to name mm. your so- shop chromania really jazz that font up because the adelaide crows online club shop is uh, a pretty depressing place to visit uh yeah in a world that in a world that we will come to explore that has you know flash animations background playing sounds a whole bunch of really exciting stuff going on it's pretty vanilla so it's it's a good place for us to start our, our turgid exploration. Mm. So like Chris, the Adelaide Crows themselves. Uh each week we'll each pick one item uh from the club shop. It'll be unknown to the other person. Uh and then we'll uh we'll pick a winner for each week. Uh so Chris Chris, what have you unearthed in our from our sunken treasure? Well, as is typical in my review of the club shops, I've gone straight to the gift and novelty section. That is where you will find the best of the rebranded stuff off the back mm-hmm. of a ship. From China, yeah. we're going to we're going to be going to the gift and novelty section a lot in this section. A lot, yeah. a lot, because 
you know, most of what you get at the club shop is, as we've said, some jerseys and some beanies, but it's when they branch out. I've, I've picked out a, a very tasteful Adelaide Crows mini gnome supporter. And you're probably wondering, what's a gnome? Well, in this case, it's a garden ornament that is made from resin, uh, from moulded plastic. Um, it's wearing uh, what can be roughly ascribed as the Adelaide Crows colours, um, a deep blue, red and, and yellow top and pants combo. It then has Adelaide Crows face paint, a yellow hat, um, and then its mouth is coloured in yellow. It's got its mouth open. There's red, yellow and blue in the mouth as well. Um, there's some sort of <laughs> scarf tied around its wrist for whatever reason. What is, what the, is that? The best feature of it, though, is the number one fan glove on its, uh, on, on its right hand. Um, with AFC, which I assume stands for Adelaide Football Club, on the on the finger. The unfortunate characteristic of which is that because it's a three-fingered gnome, it really very much looks like it's flipping the bird. From behind, that's a really bad look. Um, but I want to go. I want to go but back. I will point out. I will point out. This will only cost you twenty bucks. If you're an Adelaide Clothes member, you will get ten percent off. And there's only two left. So that is if strike you want fast. It, if you want to be flipped Strike off fast, by a gnome. while it's hot. But why, what does it have it tied around its wrist? It's like, it's that's like, obviously meant to be a scarf, right? Is it because it's, its what, neck is so massive it couldn't fit a normal... <laughs> like, is this, is, this, is this like to scale? Is this in fact mini in the sense of not at all? Like, is it yeah. actually a very maxi gnome? Is it so big that a scarf would only fit around its wrists? And the mouth swallowing paint's very weird. So... Uh, I've gone to my, my personal section, uh, which is the kids' section. That's always my first mm. click because I want to see what parents are non-consensually dressing their children in. But in this case, uh, it's very definitely consensual, but it's also extremely weird. Now, what I've found is the Adelaide Crows Kids Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt. Oh, now that is, yeah, I have actually seen this before. This is gold. This is, to, just to explain it, it's, a, it's got a picture of the... Of, Leonardo, Donatello, Raphael, and Michelangelo, the teenage mutant ninja turtles, bursting through the middle of the t-shirt, like a like an alien chest burster just rising from the, the middle of this poor child, with uh crows written in the teenage mutant ninja turtles font and the, the crows logo. But the important thing to note is that the ninja turtles themselves are wearing Adelaide Crows jerseys. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but that is strictly not canon. That, that is, is not canon. No. That's very not canon. Uh, that's no. unacceptable, Adelaide. You cannot just appropriate turtle culture uh, like that. And furthermore, yeah, I think the internet would have some things to say about that. Um, but furthermore, it's very clear here that they do not understand the rules of the game because Leonardo <laughs> has stabbed the football on his sword, and that's also not allowed. Like, let alone the yeah. idea of bringing weapons onto the field. You, it's illegal disposal. You, there's no. It's not a mark. No. It's and you can't throw the ball. If you throw the ball off the sword, that's a throw. So, would a Ninja Turtle be any good at football? Very easy to take a specky over. The hard shell is mm. really going to give you a nice, a nice. Yeah, so you're you going to get go, a nice grip. Uh, on it's the other hand, a rock climbing wall. Uh, they're probably quite slick and mucusy. Is the thing that I've always thought about them potentially <laughs> in real life. And they smell. Uh, and they smell bad. So that's all an advantage. Uh, they're also ninjas, mm. and I, that's probably. So I reckon they'd be pretty good. Like even if they couldn't. But on the other hand, let's take it the other way. The hands. Not very good at gripping the football. Three fingers. 
<laughs> three fingers. Well, that's really maybe that's why you know maybe Leo's got special dispensation to um, to stab it. Yeah, so he really can't. So they, apparently they cannot catch the ball. So yeah, I I think they they're real defenders. They are sort of a, a defender of the classic fullback model. Uh, yeah. Very like very hard to get low under the pack underneath them though. Like you are, they are getting low and hard and coming in with that shell, um, in, in a way that's really going to hurt you. Uh, soft, soft in the middle, bit soft in the middle, but uh, that's okay. Uh, modern rules will take care of them in that respect. Can't run through people anymore. If it was the eighties, they'd be no good. No, they would not. They would not be any good. All right, Chris. So uh, how do you how do you, which so maybe we'd put it this way. Maybe this needs to be a test. We're figuring this out as we go, listeners, because, you know, why, why research? How likely out of five are you to buy this for someone who is a Crows fan in your life, like a significant no, Crows I, fan? No, I, I think there's buy? a better test. I think there's a better test. Put yourselves in the shoes of, uh, of a Crows supporter. If you were to be given this, how quickly are you going to put it in the bin? That's yeah, the, the gnome's a winner. The gnome's the, the winner. The gnome has got it. That is going. Yeah, straight to the bit. It's not even ceramic. If someone, if I'm a Crows fan and someone gives me this Ninja Turtles T-shirt, I'm wearing it out. Like it is getting worn out. Like that is. Whereas the ceramic gnome doesn't make it out of the packaging. As much as we can rag it, it, it is actually pretty well executed as far as the concept goes. The drawing <laughs> is not bad. The type is on 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 brand. It's got a Crows logo on it. Um, overall, it looks it's- like a pretty quality child's T-shirt. Um, the it's, gnome, it's extremely confusing, but it's yeah. it's well executed. The gnome is very bad. The gnome is, is <laughs> not only bad but disturbing. Even given the price differential, like that gnome costs two thirds. The t-shirt's thirty bucks, which is a lot, but the gnome at twenty is a real stinker. Yeah. Uh, so congratulations, Adelaide. What happens when you get Chromania uh, is you buy mini gnome supporters. It's exciting into the first week of football. It's great that football's oh. back. There's, let's cast our eyes. Let's just cast our eyes forward. Uh, let's. Mm. It's so good to have footy back, and we've got another week of football next week. Do you, they're going to do it? That was so good. They're going to do it's it so again good next week. And I slow down, slow down, Australian Football League. Let's. So let's just take a quick look at, at where we where we'll be focusing our attention. Where are the real likely stinkers coming up? And I think there's one real match of the round. If you're a oh. if you're a fan of bad footy. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Are you thinking Saturday, April 2, 10 past 2 p.m., MCG? At the G. Oh, At yes, G. baby. Yep. The Demons of Melbourne against the Bombers of Essendon. Oh, uh, that's going to be a... Two big, team, two big teams that fared well in the, uh, in the preseason mascot competition. But uh, mm. there's, uh, there's a real turning now. Can, uh, is, is it all Paul Roo's uh, smoke and mirrors? Uh, and are Essendon going to be one of the worst clubs in AFL history? Uh, yes and yes, uh, but I think I, do, I, I would be picking Melbourne to win to, to win this one. Jesse Jesse Hogan, how many how many goals? Five. How many goals for Jesse Hogan? Five. Yeah, I, I think that's five. par. Essendon appears to have literally no defenders after Jake no. was given Carlisle was given his marching powder. Yeah. Um, sorry, orders. So, yeah, <laughs> I think otherwise um, the only one that would stand out for me is maybe Carlton Sydney on the Sunday. But otherwise, I think we're all pretty even across the board this week. It looks like it's going to be another good round. Another, another good round. Uh, it, it oh, wait. No, no, no. Be, uh, Saturday is a stinker day. Wait, I said that wrong. There's at least two dud games. Brisbane Lions up against North Melbourne. That's going to be a blowout. So, yeah. Uh, one of the best attacks in the league up against one of the worst defences in the league. 
Yeah, back uh, back just... to back. Like that's a double yeah. header, listeners. Uh, you could yeah. really see some some poor footy going on. Like I would I would picture and picture these matches. Uh, get your start your drinking at about two. Get your AFL app out. Mm. Fire up your little one week trial and uh, get mm. into get into Don's Don's demons and lions lions ruse. Thank you as always for listening. Uh, please, if you've listened all the way through to this point. Please and like why wouldn't, uh, why, wouldn't why wouldn't why wouldn't you? It was some pretty great content, to be honest. Mm. Uh, fire up your little Facebook app and and direct yourself to the Footy Seller Podcast Facebook page and give us a little subscription on iTunes and and leave a review if you like it. Uh, yeah, at least lets us know that you're out there. I'll reiterate and just say um, we do have a have a Twitter account as well. With the, that's where the hottest of hot takes happen, and yeah, you can follow us there. We're at the Footy Seller on twitter.com. Click on over there and, uh, and give us a subscribe. Talk to you next week, listeners. Bye. Bye. We're the Mutant Ninja Turtles and we're here to say that when the game is drugs, we just won't play. Look at the pictures, listen to our rap, and don't get caught in the pushers trap. Trap, trap. We're the Ninja Turtles and we're here to say that when the game is drugs, we just won't play. Look at the pictures, listen to our rap, and don't get caught in the pushers trap. trap. Say you're riding on your skateboard and you're trying hard to learn.